0: Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Support for today's show comes from PrepDish, a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. No more thinking about your meals. Let PrepDish do the planning for you. Sign up and you'll receive an email with a grocery list and prep ahead instructions. So all of your meals are ready for the week. No guesswork needed. And now Allison, the founder of PrepDish is offering you a $4 month long trial. You guys, that's right. You get to try it out for only a dollar per week. Just go to PrepDish.com slash happy hour to get your first month of PrepDish for only $4. Guys, you are listening to episode number 193, and my guest today is Lindsey Kramer. Lindsay is a farmer's wife, a mama to four precious girls who she also homeschools, an oil ninja. I gave her that title myself. In fact, she loves oil so much that she told me that she's used them before to help her pigs have their babies. I loved everything about that. I've wanted to bring Lindsay on here for a few reasons. Number one, because you people keep asking for her. And number two, because I adore her. We've hung out a few times and every single time we're together, I feel like I'm the only person in the room with her. Also, my husband for sure has a man crush on her husband. They love to cook and host people and we love those things as well. I start off with telling Lindsay about my kittens being born. The funny thing about this is that a few days later, we thought that these kittens were dead. It was super sad around here because we never heard from them. Then you guys, three weeks later, we heard the kittens and they are now five weeks old and alive and well. Lindsay and Jason started their farm in 2006 and she walks us through everything that led to them starting a farm and even tells me that their first cow that they raised tasted like a fish. Yes, you heard me right, a fish. She tells a story. It's so weird, but she tells us exactly what they learned from that first fishy cow Also, you guys, I promise you that you're going to want to start a farm after this show. And you will know more about farming than you ever thought you could know. Lindsay also talks about supper clubs that her and Jason are going to begin hosting. And I am already clearing my calendar to make it to one. I'm serious. When I look at her Instagram page and hear her talk about farming, I think I could be a farmer. But then I remember that I've tried to grow tomato plants for the last 10 years. And I think I've honestly yielded four tomatoes in that entire decade. It's just not for me, you guys. But... I loved hearing Lindsay talk about it, and I'm going to support them in their endeavor by buying meat from them and showing up at those supper clubs. Friends, it's been almost four months since my book, If You Only Knew, released, and it is so fun seeing you guys still post about it and still reading it. I believe in this book so much that I hope that every single one of you that listen to this show today gets to read it somehow. Borrow from a girlfriend. Treat yourself to a purchase on Amazon. You guys, it's been on sale recently for like $10 on Amazon. You can't beat that. Or head on into your nearest Barnes & Noble or Lifeway to get your copy as well. You guys, there's also the library. Don't forget that. Go check it out. See if they have the book there. The freedom that I have found in sharing my story is why I want you to read this book. I want you to experience that. I love to see you posting about the book if you only knew. Tag me on Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy. whenever you post. While you're at it, go find Lindsay on Instagram as well and follow her. She is five chicks and a farmer. You guys, here is my conversation with Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So I need to tell you real quick about something that happened in my house last night. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can't wait. And the reason I'm going to tell you is because you and your husband own a farm. (laughs) And so I feel like that you're going to have experienced what I experienced last night. Are you ready? Possibly. I'm ready. So about two weeks ago, um, Aaron and I were out of town and my son Deacon sent us a picture of one of our cats. And he said, mom, this cat looks pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm sure the cat's not pregnant. Right. And um, well, yesterday, this cat was like meowing so much and like walking around acting kind of like out of it. And then this is too much information. So here I go. There was like <laughs> fluid. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I thought either she's pregnant or we have like bigger problems. Yeah. And then, Lindsay, I, the cat disappeared for like the whole afternoon. And then on my deck, I start hearing little bitty baby Aww, meows. And I thought, so sweet. this cat just had a baby. And so fast forward like four hours, we get our flashlights and we're looking through our deck and we see teeny tiny kittens. Oh, my gosh. That's and awesome. I was so, this is weird. I felt proud for that cat. I was like, <laughs> yes, I don't know how animals work, but you just went and you just had your babies. Like all by herself. Like all by herself. I know.
1: How and many I, did she have? Well, we only saw two, which I thought was weird
0: for that a cat. That is weird. There's, there could
1: be more coming. There could be more. There could be more somewhere else. You mean she could have them in different places? She could have had them in different places. And maybe now she's trying to work to get them all back together. We've had oh that my happen gosh, before. That
0: just gave me the chills. I know. Cats are awesome. So she had, the two we saw were under the deck. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her this morning and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm literally talking to her as if she's a person. I'm like, how are you? Is are everything okay, okay down yeah. there? And I just thought, man, but I wanted to see if she was pregnant. I like kind of thought I had this vision of like being there and welcoming the kittens into the world, but I don't think that's how animals work. I think no, they, they go, go away. All, yep. They go away all by themselves. They're like, I'm good. I'll see you later with my babies. So now I'm super intrigued if there's more kittens somewhere. I know. I and think then she could have worried this morning. Because I couldn't find, I mean, I'm just looking through the deck. It's hard, Uh but I didn't uh hear them and I couldn't find them. And then I thought, oh gosh, like something
1: got them, you know, but I have heard them since. And they, cats will hide their babies too. Like they'll just hide them and put them away somewhere where nobody can find them, especially predators, because they're super vulnerable. We've had a cat that, um, she had kittens, she had like seven babies and she put them all on top of our roof, which is not the safest place, but in her mind it was. So she, they would pick, pick she up? picked each baby up and climbed up our porch, climbed up on our roof and did that seven different times with all babies, with all of our little kittens. Oh like my the gosh. Thing. And so we kept fighting her and bringing them down and she'd put them right back up. And eventually we were like, okay, we're just going to quit fighting this battle. So we put a little cat bed up there for her to be comfortable with all of her little babies. And so we'd like stick her food up on the roof and...
0: You're like, we're going to accommodate you. (laughs) You're going to get the best nursing suite ever. I mean, if you're willing
1: to bring seven kittens up on the roof multiple times, you should just stay there. So I
0: wonder if she's just hiding them under the deck places. She could be. It seems like a very safe place under the deck for some reason. Yeah. Unless there's snakes. I know. That's what I was also worried about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really was. I literally had the thought of like, this is amazing. I'm not a cat person, so people are going to hear this and think bad thoughts about me, but I'm not attached to this cat. Right. But I was still completely in awe of just, she just had babies under the deck and now she's taking care of them and she doesn't mm-hmm. need me. Mm-hmm. She does what she does. Mm-hmm. Self-sufficient. Self-sufficient. Motherhood's beautiful in
1: any critter, animal, person. I mean, it's just awesome. I think seeing I felt that, that last instinctual night. thing I did. I was yeah. so proud.
0: Um, okay. So you guys, some people, I'm sure lots of people listening know who you are. Follow you on Instagram. <laughs> Love watching your life. Give us a little snippet. Tell us about your family, where you live, and then we're going to talk about what you do with your husband. Okay. So um, I've been married to Jason for 18 years and we live
1: in Fayetteville, Texas, not Arkansas. Um, Fayetteville has about 200 people in it. So it's extremely small. Okay. For people not in Texas, give us some surround. Like It's, ri- it's right in between Austin and Houston. It's an hour and a half to each major city. So it takes me about an hour and a half to get to a Target.
0: How often do you go
1: to Target then? Um, r- rarely ever, which is kind of nice, but it's also kind of sad because I miss it sometimes. Does
0: Amazon Prime come to you?
1: Yes, See, every that day solves all your problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just like it is. What else do you
1: need? It is, and it and it prevents me from like this impulse buying too, instead because I'm not like seeing it like lots of things competing <sighs> for my yes. You Attention, know, wallet, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. and so I can just get on Amazon and say, "Oh, I need to order underwear." <laughs> I, Boom.
0: We just did it the other day. <laughs> Socks, you yes. know, or whatever. It's not like all these other extras. So it's I have nice. so many of our staples that come from Amazon on a monthly mm-hmm. thing, so I don't even think about it. Yeah, toilet paper. It just always shows up. Yes. Yeah. So we live in a very small little town.
1: And um, we have four girls. They're 13, 10, 8, and 7. They're so cute. Oh, Tell us you. their
0: names. Do you, do you tell your kids' yeah. names? Okay, yeah. tell us their names. Um,
1: Kaylin is my oldest. Lainey Ray is the second. She's Jason's little clone, the little one that's always by his side. And then we have Ruthie and Exie Joe. Exie Joe, Where is that name from? That name is from my great-grandmother, who is half Cherokee Indian and half German. And her name was Exy Joe, and I just I wanted a name for my for my fourth. I had a boy name and a girl name, and they both had X's in them. And I love double names, and so it was just like the perfect when we. It was either Exy or Azzy. My great grandmother, my other great grandmother's name was Azzy. Okay, and so I mean that's not that. Great I of like Exy Joe. Thank you. She people either love it or they look at me like I have a third eye, and they're like, "Where did you? What is this? like? Where did you? Yeah." Why did you name your kid? Does she that? love it? She loves it. Yeah. We call her Jojo, Joji. Aww. All my girls have nicknames. Like, uh-huh. do you do that with your kids? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They all have like two and three different nicknames mm-hmm. each. Yeah. So she loves it.
0: Um, and I'm just going to, I'll just throw it out there. If y'all want to arrange any kind of marriages between <laughs> any of your girls and my boys, we're down with it. I'm really the down with that the too. Are, we're down <laughs> with it. I think that our holidays would be awesome together. It be amazing. <laughs> um, okay. So you and Jason, 18 years. 18 years. Karen and I are um almost 17. So oh, we're right awesome. behind you. Yeah. 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 So we both of us Did we you know marry all young? about marriage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we were 19. Oh, you were young. Yeah, I met Jason my spring semester of my freshman year of college when I was 19
0: and um we got married that November. So you were 19 yeah. in spring and you met him and you got married in November. Mm-hmm. Yes. Crazy fast. My parents were like what is happening right. here? Like, why
1: do you feel like you need to do this right Can now? Can you imagine
0: your daughter doing that? I know. Isn't that <laughs> weird to think about that yeah. it was so normal for you and here you are happily married 18 years later. Yeah. But when you think about your kids, you're like, no, don't do it. I know. I think that
1: it took some convincing on my part to my parents. And Jason was extremely mature for his age. And um, they, that was the uh, there was a lot of convincing that went on there. But I think it would depend on the person. Yeah. You know, with my daughter. Yeah. I, I hope that they don't wander around and, you know, whatever for too long of a time. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know if they will just get married yeah. early at nineteen like I, I will.
0: So. so you were a baby. I was a baby too, but I was twenty three, which is still yeah. kind of young yeah. sometimes in some cultures to get married. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so you guys have a farm. We have a farm. I want to hear, because I don't even know this, the backstory, because you guys, how long have you been doing this? So we've
1: been farming for 11, going on 12 years. We started in 2006.
0: So tell me this. How does one just say, hey, Mm -hmm. let's farm? Right. And was it a side hustle at first? Because this is your full-time family gig now. Mm -hmm. So tell me the whole thing. Okay.
1: So, um, in 2005, Jason and I were kind of had a health crisis and, um, It had taken me three years to get pregnant with my oldest daughter. We went through lots of infertility. I was on lots of medication, um, pre-diabetic, extremely unhealthy. Jason was a Houston firefighter and went to get a life insurance policy because that's the smart thing to do when you're risking your
0: life every day for people. You have a wife. Right.
1: So we were like, okay, we're going to be adults and get a life insurance policy. And um, he went to get his life insurance policy and... They denied him because of his blood work came back, and it was just such a train wreck. Wow! So um, we were both just living a life that was just very unhealthy. And in our twenties, we we and once we had our daughter, we started to notice this is like affecting our overall well being, like how we feel every day, how we interact with one another, how we are as a family. Our daughter was sick, and there was just a lot of health problems that went on. And so we just kind of hard stop changed the way that we were eating.
0: And just out of just, you guys just said, here's the problem. Yeah. Here's how we think we can fix it. Yeah. We're going to, and what did you change? Like, no soda. What'd you do? We went
1: to, um, back then it was called like the zone diet or something like that, or the Mediterranean diet, Uh which is basically like meat and vegetables, Uh good carbs. I mean, we ate oatmeal and rice and we just went back to real food. We went back to real food and we didn't try to overthink things and, and figure out like, like as far as, you know, too much fat, not enough fat, too much protein, not enough protein, too many, you know, like we mm-hmm. just went back to just the b- very basic real food.
0: Do you know that this is how Aaron lost like 50 pounds? Really? Yeah. When we had our I son. I didn't know that. Yeah. We had our son, Kaden. All of a sudden he was like, I was losing weight from pregnancy. And he's like, and he all he did was think, I'm just gonna eat real food. Yeah. Like meat and veggies and cut out and yeah, and he lost 50 pounds. That's amazing. I know. So yeah, we just changed everything
1: and um for sure cut out sodas. It was just like a complete, I mean, we were Dr. Pepper Snickers. Mm-hmm. I grew up very southern and ate a lot of Southern foods. And when I learned how to cook as a new mom and a wife and all of that, I just went back to my roots and started cooking very Southern fried, yeah. lots of processed foods. <laughs> and that just didn't go well for us. Cause it's easy. It's really easy, yeah. a lot of convenience. And it
0: tastes good too, listen. Yeah, I mean, and it, you you know, it does. Good.
1: And I still love me some Southern there food you when I, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, but yeah, so we went back to the very basics of, you know, where does food come from? And we started buying from farms. Because that, at the time, it was either a grocery store or a farm. Mm-hmm. There was no kind of in-between, middle, anything. It was a very distinct difference. And where did y'all live? Houston? We lived in College Station okay. at the time. Okay. And then, uh, so yeah, we just started buying from from farms. And um, Jason's family owned some land in Brenham. And we had the opportunity to move out on land, with on family land, And we had 120 acres at our fingertips that you could just do whatever you wanted. Yeah. It was the most, it was such a gift. And um, Jason's aunt was just such um, a key encourager for us during that time to just, Hey, you're buying all this food from all these people and you now have land, like do something with it. So we had a blank palette to just do whatever. And we started really, um, we started really just for our family. We got chickens, did a garden, Got a couple of pigs, some cows, um, and we were still sourcing, you know, like dairy and vegetables and stuff that we couldn't grow ourselves. And not a hundred percent of our food is like from local small farms, mm-hmm. even still. But as much as we could, we tried to grow as much as we could ourselves and find it from some from another farm or yeah. another person.
0: Okay, let me just stop real real quick because this seems like like everyone's like ideal. Like I dream of chickens all the time, Lindsay. I every year. <laughs> For the past 17 years of my marriage, I'm like, I'm going to have a garden. I kill everything. So this seems like everyone's like, this is exactly what we want. Like the angels are singing. Was it just that easy? No, it was. Well, for our family, it was easy. Like when we were
1: just doing it for ourselves. I mean, there was a learning curve there for sure. And you sure. taught yourself. And taught there was yourself. lots of failure. Oh, yeah. We, I remember Jason and I, we were, ra- we raised meat chickens up to weight. That to means wear- to eat. Yeah. To eat. Okay. So we raised broilers is what they're technically called. And we got them ready to butchering weight. And I remember putting the girls to bed and just looking at Jason going, okay, now what do we do? Like, how do we do this? Like, cause you guys had to kill it, kill them. Yeah. And all Yeah. Oh. It was about, it was about 20 or 30. We wanted enough to stock our freezer. Yes. And so I was like, okay, now like, how do we do this? So we pulled up the YouTubes.
0: Of <laughs> course, you can learn anything on the internet. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And apparently, you know, somebody recorded the Amish butchering oh. chickens because, uh-huh. you know, they, they wouldn't have recorded themselves. Right, exactly. But somebody recorded the Amish and um, we watched how to butcher chickens and just pause, you know, and just would do it and experiment. So there was a lot of like trial and error, there was a lot of failure too. Yeah. Our first cow tasted like fish. Why? Because we, um, what? Yeah, it was, I was like, uh, uh-uh, I don't want any part of this. I want my beef to taste like beef. Well, sure. Right. It's you beef. know, yeah. like it just, it just threw me off. I was like, if this is what grass fed beef tastes like, I'm not going to eat uh-huh. it, you know? And we'd already had beef from other farms, but our beef tasted like fish. And so what we did wrong was we sprayed our entire pastures, which is, It's a good thing to do, but not right before you butcher, but we sprayed it with fish emulsion for, um, you know, a natural fertilizer. Okay. And it flavored the meat to taste like fish because it was fish emulsion. And so, and we did that, you know, within a couple, within a week or two of butchering, butchering the animal, uh-huh. so the it had a very strong fishy taste. So, so was all that meat wasted, or did you? Would, oh, not with Jason. He was yes, like, uh, he's <laughs> like, shoot, we're gonna eat every bit of this, and I'm like, you know, just trying to, yeah, force it know, down, force it down. But um, yeah. So I, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but we were just kind of willing to learn, and we were at the time, Jason was a Houston firefighter, so we had that income. Mm -hmm. I was a photographer and traveled around and I did weddings. I didn't know that
0: about you either. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's why Uh, your pictures
1: are so amazing on Instagram. Thank you. You got the photographer eye. So, I mean, I did photography for years and um, so we had that and we just kind of had this really um, amazing environment to learn and fail and trial and error and experiment. And so we just started very organically like that. And I feel like Jason and I are both entrepreneurial. Like Jason's always had like a side job, even in the fire department, or he's always had a couple of different mm-hmm. businesses that he's done here and there and detailing people's cars in their office parking lots and pressure washing gas stations uh-huh. and park. I mean, he's always found ways to make money and which is awesome, but I'm, I'm that way too. And so for us, we're like, well, let's just not do this for ourselves, Let's just not only grow food just for our family. And at the time, that was kind of when Food Inc. was coming out. Yes. And a lot of people were starting to question just the food system in general and where, general it comes from. And where yeah. food comes mm-hmm. from. And we simply wanted to be able to offer people an alternative for people that really wanted to connect to their food and know the people that are raising their food and know exactly what yeah. is in their food. And so we just started that way. And back then we didn't have Instagram. We'd have Facebook. And this so. is
0: 2005 still? Is this, this is 2005, 2006 Because you've been doing it for your family. Yeah. And now you're like, hey, what if we...
1: Right. What if we made this a business? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it wasn't like five years of doing it for just our family. We were like, full on, let's do this for our family. And <laughs> now, yeah, uh-huh. we'll just get you will yeah, have it bit. in you. Exactly. And, you know, all of our friends and our family, they saw what we were doing and they were like, you know what? Why don't we just get our eggs from you? Like, oh, we'll just buy yeah. our eggs from you. And you know, if you're going to grow yourself a cow, why don't you do that for us? And so we were just, okay, well, and then when it came time to buy it, they may or may not have been there to buy it. So we're like, okay, now we have all this extra, what do we do with it? And then it just kind of really started very, we started with Yahoo groups and do you remember
0: those? Yes. I
1: remember those. Yes. We would get in Yahoo groups and find like the foodie groups Uh and people that were wondering, you know, or like the healthy groups and- we would just tell them, hey, you know, we're a farm in Brenham. We were in Brenham. Uh-huh. That's where our first farm was. That's where our family's land was. We were in Brenham, Texas. And hey, we're in Brenham and we have all this extra stuff and we'll bring it to you. And so we just grew very, we still have some of our very first customers are still buying from us today. Oh my which gosh, is just I love that. Extremely precious. Oh, uh,
0: did now here's my question I keep wondering when you guys changed and started knowing where your food's coming from, does your health change?
1: Absolutely. And that was our driving force, was because. I mean, we saw a complete 180 in our health and um, just overall how we felt and and at the time it was just our our oldest daughter. And we were just, it was just complete, it was like a light bulb went off or somebody took the veil off of our faces and just everything was clear and crisp. And we really wanted to be able to share that with other people and to encourage them to be their own health advocates and just to take control of that. And so, yeah. That's I mean that's exactly how it started for us. So
0: then you're still having babies, growing a farm. When did you guys make the transition to Fayetteville and say this is our full time gig? Yeah. No more firefighting, no more photography. We're in. Right. Well, so a lot of people don't know this about me that
1: I, I fought farming the the business aspect of farming. Because you're
0: like, let's just do this. Yeah,
1: I'm like for our food. Right. Like we're just gonna grow our food and we can kind of you know if we mess up we mess up and it's not that big of a deal and. There was more freedom when we were just kind of doing it for ourselves. For sure, because there's not a lot on the line. Right. And it's not, you know, it's not as big of a undertaking. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we have way more animals right now than we did when we first started just for our own little backyard selves. Uh So I fought it because I liked kind of control. I I like to be able to be a little free spirited also and go where the wind takes me for the day. Mm -hmm. And even just in our own farming for our family, I would notice like, okay, well, we're going to getting ready to go to church and there's an animal that's sick or there's water spewing out of the pasture and we it have to changes go and like, everything. it just changes the tra- trajectory of your mm-hmm. whole day. Or, you know, we had great plans to go on vacation and something happens and we, ha- and we can't go and we have to stay. And there was just a lot of like, the farm just kept, I say, like intervening with my agenda yeah. and my plans. Mm-hmm because I was holding my agenda so tightly. And so it was really hard for me to just kind of let control go. Meanwhile, Jason was born to do this. Like, I saw such a light in him and such passion. And he was always the kind of guy that wanted to be outside, nurturing things, growing things. When we were first married, we lived in a really small apartment on the third floor. And he had this desire to grow a garden. And he'd always just been, he, he was raised on a hundred acres. So uh-huh. he just loved nature yeah. and being outside. And we lived in an apartment, which was r- really hard for him. It's hard to have a garden in an apartment. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Exactly. He was like, I can't do anything. You know, like <laughs> I can't even grow plants. And so he got all these little container plants and had a garden on our balcony and outgrew that. And I remember him going to talk to our landlord that owned the apartment complex and asked if he could have a little patch of land behind our apartment building that wasn't being used for anything. To grow some vegetables? To grow some vegetables. And so he had him a little garden and um, the little kids would get off the school bus and they'd come over and see what he was doing in there. And he planted a little marigold border for like natural pest, you know, detraction or whatever. uh Yeah. He did it right. It was so precious, but he'd just bring those little kids over and they'd work in the garden together. So that's just like who he is. And so I was such a brat with farming and just really kind of fought that, you know, and I wanted to be able to, I wanted to be able to travel For and to sure. go on vacation. Yeah. I knew that a life of farming would ensure that we would probably not get to, I would probably not get to travel as often as I wanted. And there would be a lot of sacrifice on our part. And I didn't want
0: yeah. that at the time. Yeah. Well, that's probably why none of my plants grow, <laughs> because I just
1: leave them. <laughs> I don't tend to them. Fin for yourself. Fin for Claire. yourself. Tomatoes
0: sprout up and grow. Yeah, chickens. me. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I know. I tell Aaron all the time, I want chickens. Yeah, because it does, It really does. It just seems like, oh my gosh, this would be so amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, family of six, sweet, a lot of eggs. Right. And he always is very quick to be like, Jamie. You don't even you can't keep a tomato plant alive. <laughs> How are you going to keep some chickens alive? Um okay so Jason's saying hey I think we should do this full time. Yeah. You're pushing back. It's going to mess up my life. Right. How did you where did you come to say yes? So um and did you have four kids by now? We had four kids. Yes. Okay. So
1: um we moved to Fayetteville. We were able to we we grew Yonderway Farm the business. And in brenham um, in Brenham, uh-huh, and his family wanted to sell the land that we were living on at the time, and there was no way that we could purchase this land. It yeah. was kind of a little out of our budget, mm-hmm. so, and it was a lot of land. And so we were like, okay, we have to either not farm anymore and go back to doing you know our regular day what, jobs. Our regular day jobs or we have to make a decision and purchase property, purchase a farm ourselves. I mean, that's all in. That's all in. And land is the most expensive investment in farming uh-huh. is the land. Yeah. Um, and then you have your equipment and all of that. And so anyway. And does that mean you need good land? You need good land, but you need a lot of land. Okay. Um, we we only own 40 acres, but we lease a couple thousand acres for our cattle. Wait, so, right now? Yeah.
0: So yeah. you need a lot of land
1: for cattle. You need a lot of land, especially in Texas and especially during seasons of drought. Okay. Um, you've got to have a lot. and in the county that we live in i mean aren't we land in a drought is, right now uh i think
0: we we're good out? yeah we're okay. good okay but
1: in the in the in fayette county where we live the land is anywhere between ten thousand and twenty thousand and 20,000 so it's extremely okay. expensive uh-huh. um so in order for us to own i mean there's no possible right. way we could ever justify owning two thousand acres i mean there are parts of the country that you can yeah. montana uh-huh. land is cheaper uh-huh. and northern california and just places like that but not where um, we yeah. live, so we can't justify yeah. purchasing that so you much land. So we bought forty acres. Yeah, so we bought forty acres. We found our farm, and we did not have a lot of time to find the new farm and move to the new farm. And so it it just kind of really happened so quickly. We went to look at this property. We weren't even pre-approved, but we live in a small area, so we knew the realtor. Uh-huh. We're like, we're good for it. We promise, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, cross our hearts, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pinky promise, pinky swear, <laughs> yeah. And so we went and looked at it and um, just fell in love with it. We wanted it to feel like a farm, a true like American homestead Did it have a house on it and everything? Yeah. Our house was built in 1906, which I love old homes. Mm -hmm. And so that was just a extra bonus for me. And then it had this beautiful big red barn that was built in the late 1800s. Oh my gosh. Um, and it had history there yeah. of farming and agriculture. And at one time it was a hatchery and then a dairy. And so anyway, the the owner of the property found out what we were doing. And, you know, when you bring in pigs to the neighborhood, we were kind of a little like, uh-oh. People don't like that? Not not pigs. They're worried that they're going to stink. Our pigs don't stink oh. because they're pastured and oh, they're able I to explain. move around. What do you mean? Okay, well, so let me
0: give you some backstory on me too. Yeah, When I was younger until I was about eight my dad and his dad and his uncle, so my grandpa and uh-huh. my great uncle, they ran a hog farm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I was eight. I don't remember it much. Right. I remember when my dad came home, he had to strip down. These are memories uh-huh. I had. Uh-huh. My mom wouldn't let his clothes in the house. Yeah. And it, it stunk so bad out yeah. there. But they were just, they didn't know. This is just right. how they did it, right? So yeah. they're just in big things. Like a house or a pit. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So pigs just have a negative connotation, and especially nowadays, because... Traditionally, commercial pig raising is in houses, in confinement, cooped up in yes. really small areas on concrete most of the time. Yes. And so what we do is so different from that. But still, there was just this like people think we're bringing in like a pig farm. Yeah. Uh-huh. To the which area. Which does
0: stink. Which does stink.
1: And so, so tell me what
0: pasteurized me. I mean, I, I'm thinking I can figure it out that they're like in a pasture.
1: Yeah. And so not- pastured pork, is it see, it means that our animals are raised on pasture and that's grass. good and that's good and we rotate everything everything moves nothing ever stays in the same place for too long you
0: of mean period. animals
1: yes why is that because we allow the land to rest and to reset and um and everything works together really beautifully in nature you know like you you bring the cattle through and they graze everything on the top and they eat the grass and then you bring the chickens through and they break Get up underneath the, the poop and the, the poop that the cows uh-huh. left and they spread it out all out and kind of like fertilize it because they they pick through it. Uh-huh. They're looking for bugs and grubs and yeah, that sort of thing. Dung beetles that are found in poop. Uh-huh. There's a science lesson for you today. There is a science lesson <laughs> right there. Yes. <laughs> and then you bring the pigs behind them and they till it into the land uh-huh. and they turn the land over and it just kind of all works really well together. And so we are kind of just the polar opposite of what a traditional, uh-huh. like a, what a commercial farm would be. We are a multi-species farm. And, you know, most of the time you'll, you'll either just have like one, like yeah. cattle or uh-huh. pigs uh-huh. or be a chicken farm. And we just kind of allow nature to work with nature. This is so
0: interesting. Thank you. I mean, it's it kinda... really is. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Even just <laughs> the, like rotating the animals. I've never heard, I mean, I haven't heard any of this hardly because that's not my life, but I never would have even yeah. thought that that made a difference. Right. And what, we,
1: what we're doing is not anything it's not a new concept. It's actually an old concept. This is how our grandparents and generations before them, this is how they had everything kind of work together on their on their homesteads. They didn't, you know, they they couldn't have just one species because yeah. their
0: life depended upon a multi species right. type. So does setup. this mean that you have you're gonna get better product? You're gonna get better meat?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're going to get better meat because, you know, your animals are living in a very stress-free environment. Jason is super, super stress protective of our animals. And we'll even tell people when, when we're doing tours, don't chase our animals. Like you that's know? a
0: real thing, the stress-free thing. Yes. Stress. So a stressed, Anna, a stressed cow, Yeah. what happens? Why is that going to be bad meat? stressed cow
1: releases um, pheromones and oh. their meat tastes like junk. Like it tastes awful. And so even as far as like the butchering process for us, it has to be done in a way where the animal's not stressed. And this so so, so how do you do that? So we work with a really small um, processing facility and, um, you know, as opposed to a big USDA uh-huh. processing facility, our animals are, are not given antibiotics. They're not vaccinated. And so we don't want them potentially in the very last stages getting sick from uh-huh. other animals. And we typically bring our animals a day or two before they're processed and uh, or butchered and they'll rest on pasture. We have a little area at our processing facility. I mean, it took us a long time to build to this relationship this right. and to find a person that would was willing to do this. But they allow them, because our animals have never, their hooves have never been off grass. So even just putting them in a trailer and it's removing stressful. them from the farm is stressful. So they're releasing all of these like, pheromones and hormones and um their bodies are just completely stressed yeah. so we get them back to an unstressed state and then that's when you know Does, do
0: you all do this with all the animals
1: like stress free well, pretty much with the cows and the pigs for sure i mean the chickens are a little different i mean we yeah but I'm yeah, the, chicken, the chickens are not allowed to be chased
0: or stressed in any way, shape or form. I'm imagining <laughs> Jason walking around like singing to the animals, like, I love you, cow. And like, it's just like, it, I'm picturing a very happy farmer with his happy animals. <laughs> That's, I mean, the, he whistles a lot. He whistles. <laughs> that, that brings the stress level down. Man. Man. Isn't that funny? Oh. That is so funny. I, I mean, I've heard that, but I didn't really understand it. Yeah. Super intriguing.
1: Yeah. So we just we just want our animals to be animals, what they were intended to be, and and in an environment that they were intended to be on, you know, mm-hmm. which is grass and
0: pasture, and just kind of let them do their thing. Okay, and I'll say this here. We've had y'all's meat. We love it. Thank you. Love it. We are fans of Yonder Way. Thank you. Huge fans. <laughs> Thanks. Huge fans. In fact, the best eggs we've ever had thank you That's, by far and I know why it's the whistling farmer it These is are stress-free chickens <laughs> they're, they're happy putting out some happy good <laughs> eggs That's right okay guys I hate interrupting the shows but the sponsors make the happy hour happen so I want to thank two of our sponsors today the first is Mabel's Labels What moms out there can relate to the frustration of feeling like you're constantly replacing the items that you send to daycare and school with your kids? You're all right now nodding your head and raising your hand. I know it. Mabel's Labels, stylish, durable labels, are the perfect solution for all the stuff that kids lose, which you guys, we know is everything. Simply personalize your labels online and they'll get shipped for free to your door, ready to peel and stick on all your bottles, clothing, lunchboxes, and more. And because their laundry and dishwasher is safe and available in so many fun designs, they're sure to become your new mommy must-have. You guys, I'm getting some for my kids because they're going to camp. You know what happens at camp? They lose their stuff. Not this year. Mabel's Labels to the rescue. Visit Mabel's happyhour happy hour today to start customizing your own. And if you use the code happy hour, you're going to get 20% off your next order. That offer code is happy hour for 20% off your next order Mableslabels.com slash happy hour. Guys, I also want to thank ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than posting your job online and just praying for the right people to see it. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. It identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And you guys, ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, so you never miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners, that's you guys, can try ZipRecruiter for free. That is right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, you guys, back to the rest of my conversation with Lindsay. Okay, so how's Yonder Way been? I mean, you're full-fledged farm. And Mm -hmm. it looks as though, give us the real scoop. It looks as though your family does a lot of work together on the farm.
1: Yeah. I mean, for many years, Jason and I were the only employees along with our girls. And so that was... And we had little babies at the time yeah. too, so there were and a lot homeschool. of. And homeschool?
0: We haven't mentioned that.
1: Yeah, and we homeschool. Yeah, so that's just part farm school. We farm school.
0: I like that <laughs> farm school.
1: <laughs> can um, I send
0: my kids down to you for like a month and get them like farm ready, and then they can come back and they can take care of the chickens?
1: Yeah, and then maybe through that we'll you know we'll kind of set we'll up have, the arrangements. Yeah, we'll have yeah. some arrangements going on. We'll get to see who's you know who's compatible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we do. I mean. There were many years where it was just Jason and I, and now we have, uh, let's see, four full-time employees. Um, That's been such a gift to be able to not only provide for our family full-time, but to also um, have four other families that the farm is providing for as well. And so the farm is just at a really good place. We feed about three to 400 families a month between Houston and Austin. And honestly, that's as big as we really ever want to go. Really? um, As far as... Growing, we feel like um, any bigger than that would, we'd potentially have to maybe sacrifice some quality of our, uh, yeah, quality and just our ideals and how we feel like things should be. Uh-huh. Um, and we have tried, we've also fought internally the idea of shipping our meat across the country you as well. You don't, do you? We don't. I didn't think we so. We do yeah. 100% of our business in person, face to face. Like we literally put, the meat that we've raised into the hands of our customers. Mm-hmm. And we, that's been very hard for us because we know that there are so many people out there who would love to support our farm and people are just so kind to us and so supportive. But at the same time, like we really feel like if we can't find three to 400 families in Houston and right Austin. Here, yeah. Which Houston is one of the biggest cities in our country. North largest, yes. yes. So if we can't find that, then we really probably don't have a viable business, which we know That's that we do. That's a good point, do. yeah. And so relationships for us with our customers have been what has um, held us together and what has helped separate us from grocery stores and mm-hmm. just, you know, normal food. Yeah. By- so sure, if
0: people are wondering like how Houston Austin get their meat, some people come to you to pick up. And then like for us, what we did when we did mm-hmm. it is you have a pickup spot in Austin mm-hmm. and then we would go there on a Saturday and pick up our order.
1: Yeah. We w- wanted to build a community around food. And so we were like, okay, who are the people that would be interested in our food? And um, we connected with chiropractors, um, gyms, fitness centers, wellness doctors, um, neighborhoods, uh-huh. subdivisions. Yeah. And just established delivery groups um, within these already set up communities, I love it. and um, you know, one drop will have twenty or thirty families that come and pick up, and one will have five or ten. And so, we have over twenty something deliveries around Houston, and Austin is a growing market for us. So we're trying to. We we were first on the scene in Houston. That's where our business started, mm-hmm. and then when we moved to Fayetteville six years ago. And we started um, trying to get in the Austin market yeah. there. Yeah. So it's so good. And I think it's really
0: important for people to hear because they could look at you guys and be like, oh, they have this, they're running a farming business and they homeschool their four kids and their life looks super dreamy and all these things. And they do supper clubs, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I love that you said for so long, it was just me and Jason doing everything. Yeah. Like you had to start somewhere. Yeah. You didn't start like, let's
1: build a farm and have four employees. Mm-hmm. No. No, I think all the time. If Instagram would have existed <laughs> when our farm first started, it would have looked like chaos. Chaos. A lot of times, mm-hmm. our farm is thankfully now a well-oiled machine. We've weathered many, many storms, literally and mm-hmm. whatever, Figur- yeah, not figuratively, uh-huh. yeah. But I think that, yeah, oftentimes I'm like, man, if if I could have like Instagrammed the beginning of our journey. It looks a lot <laughs> different than how it looks now. That's life, isn't it? And I know it right. is. It's so life. Yeah. And um, And that was really one of the reasons why we even got on Instagram or Facebook to begin with was to really just connect with our local community uh-huh. and to show them like the daily, I'm a, I'm a visual person, mm-hmm. the photographer in me wanted to be able to like take snapshots yeah. of our farm uh-huh. and just share them with our customers. Yeah. And for some reason, other people's, you know wanted to see Mm -hmm. that too and so we've been thankful for that but we just are super um locally driven and locally minded
0: I love that Mm -hmm. because you could think okay we could make this thing ginormous and ship everywhere and all these things yeah well Um, and
1: shipping alone for shipping meat alone is very expensive. I mean you it requires a lot, a lot and it requires overnight shipping, it mm-hmm. requires dry ice, dry it ice, requires yeah. it requires special packaging and so for us when we looked at it we were like, man, we can't justify our customers spending these additional this additional money towards shipping. We would much rather than find a farm near them.
0: That's true. And support that farm. I've heard you say that somewhere. I think. It's yeah. Like find somewhere local to you. Right. Find somewhere local. Farm.
1: They may not be good at social media, but I guarantee you, they are. They will welcome you into their community mm-hmm. and their farm and their life. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Like they're they will be excited to have you as a has part of their. Has social media community. been a
0: good help for your business?
1: You know, it has in a sense that it's enabled us to really connect with other farms out there and I have a lot of women that are new farmer farmers wives and um that I communicate with and I connect with them and kind of help encourage them yeah. but as far as um monetary benef- yeah. benefits not necessarily for us we, we always say being being famous on Instagram or popular on Instagram is like being rich in monopoly money it doesn't matter it doesn't add up to anything not for us yeah yeah so for us we're just a very um like we could ship but we're just don't have a need or desire to do Uh that. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, I I think it makes perfect sense that you should do photography when I look and when I think about your Instagram, because it's very, um, it's, it's beautiful. And each picture is crafted, not in a fake way, but in a, like, it's very pleasing to the eye. And it does give you this kind of inside look and behind the scenes where you feel as though, I feel like I can see a little bit what happens. And we all know, and I say a thousand times on here, you see on Instagram what people want you to see exactly. on Instagram. You know, what absolutely. I mean? We're not seeing the hardships or whatever. Well, yeah. we, you do show some of them. I remember yeah. we had a big flood. Yeah. We heard on Instagram. Yeah.
1: Hurricane Harvey. We and that was again for our customers because we had so many text messages and emails and people like, you know, we're praying for you guys. Like, like, we, how are your animals? Yeah. They they wanted to know how our animals yeah. were. And um, so that was a way that we could update them and keep them in the loop on. We're doing great. Like you're, we're feeling your prayers. Like yeah. we can, you know, it's just so it's such a an amazing time yeah. to be able to like share that part. But yeah, yeah we do. We try to remain pretty positive um, because nobody wants to really support negative yep. businesses mm-hmm. or negative people. Yeah. Um. So there is a lot of hard stuff that I kind of keep sacred for my people uh-huh. and the people that know me well yeah. and all of that. But yeah, for the most part, we try to be as authentic and real yeah. as we can be, but also celebratory of the beauty and the good yeah. and that's that's where the, the pretty images yeah. come in and
0: well they, it does make you want to buy think about where you buy your food with your yeah. images which is good and so even if people aren't coming to you I think it does make them think about right farming and animals and food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay speaking of bad what has been the hardest part about working with your husband? The hardest part. There's never a there's not a separation
1: there of oh, he's kind of my boss.
0: Ah, yeah. Is that hard for you?
1: Um, it is when he, um, is very type A uh-huh. and very structured and, and you're like just
0: creative. I'm like, just
1: like this. Yeah. He's so Jason is the most driven, hardworking, just, he's just so smart business wise too. And I'm like the visionary dreamer. I'm constantly dreaming and I'm constantly like coming yeah. up with ideas and he's like more of the implementer. So we really do kind of complement mm-hmm. each other really well. But where it doesn't go well for us is when he is like, you know, I have deadlines or, you know, something that I really do have to do. And I drop the ball and, and then it kind of, you know, could carry over into Into your marriage, into our marriage, into our home life. I mean, our whole life is all encompassing. Our children are there with us every day. Mm -hmm. So it's just like everything is just right there, dropped in your lap, your marriage, your children, your Work, your job, your, your income, job. yeah, yeah, everything. So is that some of the best as well? It's absolutely the best okay. for us. Um, for our family, we, I didn't know that that was something that was going to end up being one of my favorite things about farming. I actually didn't really want that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of wanted this separate, yeah. everything separate instead of holistic and everything is just all encompassing right there in our mm-hmm. world. But it's actually been a really big gift to me. And I feel like I've grown a lot because yeah. of it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, I am such a fan of y'all's farm. And Aaron, you know, he has a massive man crust on your husband. So and they're so cute today. They are just, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Um, okay, so real quick, you put up something on Instagram the other day that is so intriguing to me. And you guys have done a handful of these already. And Aaron mm-hmm. and I have never been able to make it. Uh, we're determined in 2018 to come to one. It will happen. But you have this, you've kind of redone your barn. Is mm-hmm. this the 1800 year old? I I mean, it's a brand new one. Oh, a brand new mm-hmm. barn. What what happens in the old barn? That's where, that's like our brooder house. That's like actual that's where like our animals. Yeah. Okay. So y'all yeah. built a new barn. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Thank you. What are you going to do with it? So
1: the idea behind the new new barn was, I mean, the farm for the most part is kind of just holding its own. It's just a very, like I said earlier, it's just everything there is just, it's in, it's in a good place. Yeah. And again, Jason and I being these people that just can't just not do anything I mean not that we're not doing anything but you need a new like I need a new we thing. need a new thing yeah we need a new thing and so we've we've hosted some suppers out at the farm in the past and um just love bringing people out showing them around connecting with them sitting at a table with people we're really big food uh, we eat all three meals together most of the most mm-hmm. every day like yeah. we're just the table to us is where a lot of our life happens. That's us too. Yeah. Um, And so we wanted to be able to share that with others. And so Jason and I love to cook. Like, I mean, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Aaron and loves cook yeah. too. Yeah. So we were like, why not bring people out to the farm and do these supper clubs and cook for them and share a meal with them? And, you know, we're going to keep them kind of small, 40 to 50 people. Which some people um, are like,
0: that sounds kind of big. Yeah. But it's but, like an event. Yes. So let's you know i think supper club and i'm like oh four couples but this is more like this is an event at the farm this is an event at the farm yes, yes i
1: love it so much yeah and so um we want to do them pretty regular regularly and so yeah we built the barn and it's it's so
0: beautiful thank
1: you we um some friends of ours have an antique store old world antiques in Lagrange, and they Which tore Aaron down loves. they're amazing mm-hmm. too they tore down uh, or reclaimed a barn that was in iowa and um, from the, the barn was built in the late 1800s. And so we transferred That's that wood barn? and brought it here for our barn and repurposed it and did all of that cool stuff with it. Because, you know, our barn was built, in the, our re- original barn was built in the late 1800s. And I just, in my soul. You couldn't put up this brand oh, new. Oh, no, like, yeah. Yeah. And all, everything about our farm is like old. Mm-hmm. The house is old. And I just wanted it to still like history feel and, like, yeah, yeah I want there to, wanted there to be character and history there. And so um, Jason built him a little chef cook area, like built him his own little smokers. And so, yeah, we're just really excited about, um, doing dinners out there more frequently. I don't know if we'll ever do like weddings or anything. I was about to
0: say, tell me this. And I want you to be honest with me. Yeah. Have you imagined your girls getting married out there? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I would. I dream of that. Yeah, I like, know. Like,
0: absolutely. I'm like, they better get married. You're like, here. well,
1: we'll do we'll
0: build another <laughs> barn for you ladies. Yes. Whatever you want. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I hope they get, I i am pretty sure they will all get married out there, but I hope that they do. Um, um, But yeah, I think about that often and I'm like, I've got some experience in the wedding industry. Right. I, could, I could do a pretty I good wedding, wedding and wedding. the food will be good. I know. So, I mean, Okay, it so the
0: supper clubs, you just show up and you're just treated to this yeah. amazing meal.
1: Yeah, we will. Um, we will, And it's all food from your farm. It's all food from our farm and other local farms. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we don't do vegetables. So we have a vegetable farm that we'll source from. We have an artisan baker who's going to bake our breads that we're going to be eating. Okay. And then a cheese maker that has the most amazing cheeses. We work with an olive oil farm. So we really wanted to be a farm that's working with other farms and showcasing all of that together in one cohesive meal that we're gonna just this is like sit down dream, and a dream, Lindsay. It's eat. a dream. Well,
0: the ivies thank are gonna you. be there. <laughs> Good. I can't wait. Oh my gosh.
1: We're really excited about it. So that's really fun. Yeah. So is that
0: the most exciting thing on your horizon right now?
1: Yeah, that's kind of what's really next for us yeah. is um to just start just to start. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure Like everything else in the farm, it will evolve and, you know, grow Mm -hmm. and change as it, you know, develops. Yeah. But we got to just start because that's just, that's what we really feel like we're supposed to do is just begin.
0: Well, I'll put um, in the show notes and stuff how people can find out about these. Oh, great. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be so much fun. Okay. But you don't grow vegetables because I thought I saw the other day you putting some oil on your vegetables. Yeah. I have a garden
1: for just our family. Okay. Yeah. There's no way we could produce the amount of vegetables that we were What are you we're...
0: growing right now? Have I missed it? Am I too late? Can I do anything? No, you
1: can still um you can still get a maybe some tomatoes in the ground and um squash and I did okra. tomatoes in the
0: ground last year and I will tell you as much as I've never been able to grow anything. Mm-hmm. We did get four or five tomatoes. That's good. And then I went out of town <laughs> and they all died. <laughs> you know, um I do want to so bad. I know. It's hard. Gardening is
1: hard for me. Jason is so meticulous and so He's good at it. I'm not good at it. Every year, I'm, I'm like a hopeful optimistic every single year. I'm like, this because is going to be my best
0: gardening every day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You have to water it every day. Um, I mean, that was uh, the dumbest question I've ever asked in my entire life. Like, well, no, gardening but- takes <laughs> it takes work every day. <laughs> but um, it's true.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of life lessons there for me, too. Like- I always
0: say, I'm, and I have those like big, um, you know, like a trough. Yeah. So I have one of those that we have herbs in. Uh-huh. And that's great. Like yeah. it's great. But I sometimes envision getting more of those.
1: That'd be great. So we to do keep container. animals
0: off of it too.
1: Yeah, we do container gardens um like which means we just uh-huh. put them up off the ground. Yeah. There's no way that we could I wouldn't want to put them in the ground where we are because we we would be competing with like pasture grass and weeds and stuff, so we just pull yeah, them up, pull them up. Do you have uh water going through it or do you hand water it? Already? I hand water everything. Okay. Yeah, or my girls. That's yeah. one of their chores. chores. Yeah, Yeah. but I have to watch them sometimes because they won't water the plants long enough. Uh They're like, just sprinkle a little bit. And I'm like, honey, uh (laughs) they need more water than that.
0: It's 178 (laughs) degrees outside. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Do y'all have pets?
1: We have a lot of pets. Like that you're
0: not going to ever kill and eat?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we have, well, we know, we have the typical dogs and cats. Yeah. Um, And then we have a lamb, one lamb. Shelby, it's and... never gonna
0: become lamb stew. Mm-mm. Okay,
1: we raised a lamb for a while. We just don't have a huge market for lamb here in Texas. Didn't your
0: daughter have a lamb on a leash yes. at, when I saw you guys in Roundtop?
1: Yes, yeah. So we had she had a bottle baby that was Shelby, and we still have that's Aww. Shelby. So um, we still have her, and then there are several pigs that um, are basically our mamas. They they will just be mamas. They're gonna have our babies. We will never butcher them. And most of them, we bottle fed from babies, um, whether or not they got stepped on uh-huh. or were the runt or you just very like Charlotte's Web and we saved their life. And so they'll, they'll I
0: cried reading Charlotte's Web to my kids. It's and so I, precious. And Aaron was like, did you not know how this was going to end? And I was like, I knew, but it was so <laughs> yeah. hard. Yeah, I do love when you and Jason put up videos of the new pigs yes. and having to move them around so they can get in there. And, uh-huh. and some of them are, we'll let, let
1: especially my second daughter, Lainey Ray, they'll let her get right up in there with them as they're delivering. And she's just so sweet talking to the mama and encouraging Stress-free. her. Stress-free. Stress-free mama, you got this. Right, <laughs> yeah. I've even, I have even used essential oils delivering piglets before. What did you, what essential oils? I mean, we like Clary Sage and just like the hormone ones to try to help labor get labor going. Like if a I pig gets I needed is those stalled, last night for my cat. Yeah, you can use oils. Are you a reader? Are you reading anything these days? I am a reader. I'm I love reading. I read every single night. I'm currently reading The Energy Bus. I don't know this. Okay. It's it's such a good um it's cheesy. It's super cheesy, um but I love it because uh-huh. it's a, it's kind of written in a storyline and it's all about the power of thought, like just positive mm-hmm. thoughts and just you know taking captive of the negative thoughts yeah. and um just your perception of Everyday Life Bumps in the Road. Okay. So it's a good one. The Energy Um, Bus. The Energy Bus. There's a book for children too, The Energy Bus for Children. Okay. You have a child that maybe struggles with maybe some negativity there. So, and then I'm reading The Road Back to You. I'm really into personality tests. Do you know your number? I'm a two. I'm a helper. You're a helper. Yeah. What are you? Which
0: is surprising that you didn't want to like jump in with Jason and help with the farm. I know, but that's what, that's originally why I had to. <laughs> to be, because you're, the, it's in you.
1: Yeah, that I was like, I, I didn't like, I was like, okay, well, I guess I better, I could either fight him tooth and nail, and this be a source of, you know, contention uh-huh. in our marriage forever, because it's clearly something that he loves it's, it's to just do. Gifting,
0: it's what he was made to do. Yeah,
1: or I could help him in this, and just get over myself and over my selfishness, uh-huh. and just decide to help him. So I think that
0: was that okay. worked well for me in that situation. Yeah, Lindsay, this has been so much fun.
1: Wow. This has been a blast. So easy. Like we're just sitting here talking. talking. I love that we did it face to face. I know
0: it's so much better, isn't it? I love it. I I love it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Guys, don't forget if you're tired of replacing all the items that you sent to daycare and school over and over and over again, you need Mabel's Labels. Their dishwasher and laundry safe personalized labels are easy to peel and stick to anything from shoes to sippy cups, and they'll ensure your kids' stuff comes home at the end of every day. And did we mention they're offering free shipping to you guys? Head to Mableslabels.com slash happy hour to start customizing your own, and you can use the code HAPPY HOUR for 20% off your order. Okay, guys, I know that you love Lindsay. I told you that you would. And am I right? You want to be a farmer, or maybe you just want to marry a farmer. Or maybe you just want to buy from these farmers, whatever it is, guys, to keep up with their family and know more about their upcoming supper clubs and order some of their food. Make sure that you're following them on Instagram. I'm going to put all of their Instagram information in the show notes. So check those out at jamieivy.com slash blog. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Ruth Simons and we had the best conversation. We start off with her sharing the funniest thing about herself. It's actually something that I'm quite jealous of. Uh, You're going to love our conversation. Guys, enjoy the week. Share this show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you guys back here next week with my friend, Ruth.